0: Up. The U.S. Air Arena is the place that's gonna heat up Steps up, get swept up, you know you get devoured by Chaney, Strickland, and Jawan Howard It's the Washington Bullets, make no mistake We're playing tough D and getting out on the break We're all about defense, the defense, the guns, and slam, the slams And man, that's the that's reason, reason I'm a Bullets bullet. fan Top <laughs> slam dunking, <laughs> man bumping, the slam dunkin', man, body's bumpin' The threes in your face, here to keep your heart pumpin' We're playing tough D, comin' down with a bounce. The, the Washington Bullets are in your town
1: Welcome
2: to another episode of the Dagger Report, the Washington Wizards Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike Prada. Back from a long break from uh, the holidays, I'm joined by Kyle Wiedeich. Kyle, how you doing?
3: Uh, You know, I'm not exactly sure yet, Mike, because there has been a lot going on, obviously, since our last podcast. So it's, and you know, we're still in a state of, we're just not sure where, you know, the franchise that you and I follow so closely, we're not sure where it's going. So um, I'm also in a state of flux.
2: Yeah, no, I, I hear that, and we're honored to be joined by one of the biggest names in the blogosphere to help talk to us about this flux that we're in. Obviously, the Gilbert Arenas situation. We're joined by Free Darko's Bethlehem Scholes, and how you doing?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
2: Well, th- thanks so much for coming on. You know, obviously, before we get started, I feel like we just so you know, you don't have those people you know telling us being like, oh, you're you're defending Gilbert Arenas' behavior. I think it's, all, it's safe to say we all agree that Gilbert Arenas should have been suspended for bringing guns into the locker room, correct? We're all, we're all in agreement on that, like a yeah, lengthy yeah. suspension.
1: Yeah, but yeah. This, I, don't, I mean, as much as I am you know, pro-Gil and pro-him, a lot of what you know, he may have done, yes, I think it's unquestionable that you violate the rules about the guns in the locker room. The league has every right to suspend you for a long time, because it's, it's not even one of those things where you have to wait and see how the legal system is going to label it. It's a workplace right. violation, so.
2: Absolutely, and so that that being said, though, I think we can all agree there are a lot of unsettling things about this story, you know, as it's kind of evolved, and so that's why we're having you on. We want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, the way this story came out in terms of the media coverage, in terms of how David Stern doled out a suspension, you know, maybe a little bit about how the wizards are handling this. And there are a lot of things that at least to me and Kyle seem really unsettling. Um, and I know you mentioned it when this first came out, you, you wrote, you, you were kind of refrained commenting on the story for a while saying something like any story that has Peter Vesey as a, uh, as its main source is something like building a, building a house on sewage or I don't remember exactly what your line was, but uh can you talk a little bit about what, what your frustration is with the way this, the story came out and through the media?
1: Well, I just, I thought it was just, feel like the story has it, it you know it's a classic example of everyone jumping on a story before anyone knew all the facts and that coverage continuing to sort of color how the story is perceived even as more facts came out now, of course in this one we have this weird twist where oh actually it turns out Vessie was kind of sort of right though not really the, Still, you know, what I mean, that, sort of unfortunately, that complicates the whole narrative, and it makes it seem like Vesey, at least in this case, which is rare for him, seemed to be on to something, if not, you know, at least at least the tone of it was vaguely in the right place because it was more serious than it ended up looking once we started just hearing about yeah. the oh he put it out and then Crittenden made a joke, but it just seemed you know you, you look at that post article and it is the most. And this is even after they've, they've edited it a couple times. I mean, it was just so inflammatory. And um, something I think Kevin Pelton said to me, he goes, you know, this just makes me understand, like, why in politics people just put out outrageous stories and then just leave it up to the other side to debunk it and then force them to deny it a couple of days later because it's that initial hit that's going to uh, color the way everyone sees the incident from that mm-hmm. on out. And even exactly. um, today I was... Uh, if I sound a little weird it's because I went running, which doesn't ever happen. Uh, and <laughs> Me I'm a too. little out of it. Me too. First time yeah. in two weeks. No joke. Well, I mean I I've started hitting the gym a lot, but that like the elliptical is a lot different than actually, you know, jogging. <laughs> um yeah. but uh I was listening to shoot. Was I listening to Tavis Smiley? Whatever, there was some dude on and uh george johnson's name i think it must have been i think it was Tavis Smiley, but he was he was giving his week in sports and you talked all about gill the whole time and just the language he was using it, you know it was just so clearly this alarmist um brandishing guns and you know gross irresponsibility you know it was like he just read the opening story decided he was outraged and then just sort of mentally noted every subsequent development without backing off of that, that sort of initial reaction. So that's, that's
3: kind of what bothers me the most about it. Um, then, of yeah, course, I mean, you know, I, 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 sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, even if Vecchie is not completely wrong, I don't think he still owed any apologies, because, I mean, his portrayal is still a completely different light um, than what happened. I mean, it... Like, how are we to assume, I guess, you know, maybe in Crittenden's mind that, you know, he wasn't trying to one-up Arenas' joke, you know, because he was singing while loading his gun. I mean, yes, that sounds horrible, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it just gets out to the point where like, the coverage is more trigger-happy than Arenas and Crittenden could have ever been, and it's just weird to me how they, they are, the media is able to carry on without much consequences from their actions you know, just getting gossip from some guy named Bookie Ball. And so they they don't have to worry about their false reports. And then, obviously, Arenas has to be more – he needs to be more responsible. He should have been more responsible. But but then how do we hold the media more responsible for for what they should be reporting?
2: What's so weird to me is that – I mean, I'm probably giving the public way too much credit here, but at least some of the educated NBA folk that consume these news must know that – we're talking about Peter Vesey, who I believe made up a story about Derek Coleman being like terminally ill. and I? Do you remember <laughs> that
1: one? I, is it? The, I remember the Derek Coleman is bankrupt story.
2: Oh, that was it. it. Was Derek Coleman is bankrupt? I forget which one it was. So Derek Coleman is bankrupt, which is totally untrue. You mentioned there was one story where you had Josh Smith and Mike Woodson. What were they doing? They were like, you know, well, he shouting he's
1: at him. A, he's just a, a like a notorious enemy of. of Josh Smith. He had Josh Smith, and he's Josh Smith. And was I guess last year, Josh Smith and Woodson um, yelling at each other on the sidelines, and uh, Smith like refusing to go into the game. He had Josh Smith and uh, Zaza Pachulia getting in a, in a fist fight in the locker room, and then he had yeah. Josh Smith like getting in a fight with a bouncer outside of the club. And you know, uh, every single <laughs> one of these, I think, in one one uh, post by Secretary Smith, the AJC was basically debunked by him being like, I was there on the day he's talking about, and this didn't <laughs> happen. I was in the locker room, and I think it was something like, Zaza Ficilli and, and Smith made a joke about if they fought or something, or maybe not even that. I mean, it's just these, these right. weird... I mean, and it's, it's just so... I mean, Vesey just has a terrible track record, and I think in this, in this case, I'm always tempted to say, like, he, he just seems to have gotten lucky, and... You know, caught enough of a whiff of what actually ended up being the truth, which may I add took you know every responsible reporter several days to get. You know, like Mike. Should have. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's it's just so bizarre that you know Mike Wise, who I think we all can pretty much agree is the authoritative reporter on this matter, he doesn't come out with with the with the actually oh wow this is kind of messed up version of things until like what like a week and a half later or whatever, like a week later, and meanwhile. (laughs) So it it took that long to go from Vessi's like everyone is drawing guns at each other to the whole thing just being brought down to something more manageable. And then, you know, Wise gets this bombshell like, wait, this is kind of... I mean, it's really hard to think that Vessi didn't more just kind of accidentally end up looking like a redeemable human being in this case. Yeah, and I agree. Vessi, I mean, Vessi, I know he at one point was a a decent reporter, but I mean, people who follow the NBA, at least you know, who read a lot of NBA crap on the internet, they know Vesey's
3: name isn't worth anything. And as a quick aside, I think we should give a lot of credit to to Michael Lee of the the Washington Post because he was kind of in on that first Wise column and kind of the research and reporting, and he's he's also been working his tail off getting, you know, getting all the correct facts out. Yeah, and the other, I mean, it's the local guys that got to the bottom of the story as we
2: should have expected, and yet it's Peter Vesey that is, and, and it shouldn't, it's not just Peter Vesey. There's another New York Post guy in the story. But it's the New York Post that is still sticking in everyone's minds. And what I don't really understand is why didn't – I mean, again, I'm probably giving the public way too much credit here, but there are a lot of very smart people who read a lot of stuff on the Internet that know all this about Peter Vesey that, to me, it seems, really jumped on that account even though it was from Peter Vesey. I mean, am I, am I off base in thinking that? I mean, I, I feel like a lot of smart people – believe Peter and I do not understand that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that was what really bugged me about the whole thing, is that people did not, because, you know, it, it was going to get page views, and um, even if you want to, again, qualify it and say, um, oh, this is from Vesey, so take it with a grain of salt, you know, people still knew they wanted to put it up because it just sounded so hilarious and so outrageous that, I mean, that, and that's what bugs me, frankly, about, you know, every single site in the world, and every you know run by people i like and don't like and you know friends and enemies and stuff is that everyone knew that that once that story was out there even as a rumor at some point it started to get enough momentum that you couldn't ignore it even if you kind of sensed there was something fishy about it and back to the local guys too i mean those like the, the wizards have some of the best local basketball writers in the world um, covering them. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's just so bizarre. And, and we all, you know, we all know this. Like, we all know that, you know, one of the things that's made the Wizards, in addition to being a very interesting and up and down and weird team over the years so great to, to you know, read about is the people covering them. And the thought that just some random dude, you know, who everyone knows is, you know, like low, has very little credibility is the one who was going to come out and definitively nail the story when the guys from the the post were, I mean, it's yeah. You're right. When you put it, think about it that way. It makes no sense. Like it's almost like the, their silence speaks volumes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, Absolutely. And, and there was that, you know, and I, I think too. Um, Yahoo actually had a report that broke around this around the same time as the posting. Yeah. Actually, a little earlier. But it was, it, you know, when I reading it again, I sort of lumped the two together initially. But I went back, and um, my editor this morning was. Uh, Chris was like, you know, that actually came out first. And I read it again, and it really was more just sort of on the back of those first reports that we were hearing that there was something being investigated.
3: You know, it was right. just
1: more sort of like the guns were out of the locker. Um, it didn't. Yeah. Right. It was, it was really
3: vague, if I remember. Yeah, correctly. yeah. It said there was, a the problem, different. as I said, the problem with Vessie is like the people who already don't like the NBA, who are just looking for more reasons not to like. NBA basketball. I mean, they don't—they don't really care what Peter, you know, they don't care about his track record. It's just like you know, this report from the from the fancy New York City comes out, and it's like, oh, let's let's just believe that, you know. And then end the story that we want, we want our assumptions about the NBA to be true. This guy comes out with it, and you know, we don't care what the facts are.
1: I mean, this is this is the classic, the classic. Uh, you know, I know I know you all have seen these people guys who leave the comments that say. I don't, even, I don't watch the NBA anymore because of stuff like this. And, you know, this, this is a, you know, I'm sure we're going to get to this eventually, but, you know, the whole question of perception and of Stern wanting slash needing to protect the brand and make it accessible to, you know, people who are scared of black people or whatever, you get this question of, well, how much do you need to cater to or pander to those, the, uh, that sort of not hardcore demographic And, you know, you get the question of, well, how many more fans has the NBA actually accumulated over the last couple years as it's really sort of built itself up and gotten, you know, bigger names to sort of contribute and look like upright citizens and stuff. And it's just that you get into this whole fuzzy thing where it's very hard to tell, you know, who... Because, look, I think this is the other thing that I think is frustrating for a lot of us. I'm using us like we're some sort of, like, union or something. But, Uh you know, Gil is very much, you know you know, despite the fact that he's been, you, know, uh, you know, it's been great to see him back this year, but he's not having his best year. Before that, he was gone forever, and then I think a lot of people sort of, his whole his- yes. Shakespeare started to thin at some point, but I you mean, know, it's still Gil. I mean, this is someone that like, you know, Lang Whitaker called him like the first blog superstar. I mean, this is a player more than anyone else who, you know, everyone who is <laughs> sort of involved in this community sort of feels like some sort of like, you know, like, that's our guy. And, and I think that goes for a lot of stuff, like hardcore NBA fans. Like this is like this player who, if you really love the NBA, you've been up on and You've seen, you know, how great he's been to follow uh-huh. and to and to see him sort of, you know, you know again, he did a lot of this to them himself in, in some ways. But to see him sort of um, to see him of all people, I'm mean, gonna I think of a lot of players who this has happened to them, and Stern had been like, "I've got to come down on you hard." I would have been like. Okay, whatever. But there's something symbolic about the fact that it's Gil. Not just the fact <laughs> that he's, you know, a fun guy or whatever, so it seems really bizarre. But, you know, this this is, like, the quintessential, you know, NBA cult favorite guy. So,
2: yeah,
1: yeah you know. absolutely. And the Wizards fans, too. Yeah, go yeah, ahead, yeah. Kyle, Sorry I mean, about that. No, no, no. I mean, that's, yeah, it's, it's almost like he's, it's almost, it, it's like... Stern is is saying, okay, my loyalty is with these people who may never like the NBA, not with you people who actually do spend 99.9% of your day thinking about my league. (laughs) When you put it that way, it's kind of funny.
0: This
2: actually leads to another question I kind of wanted to consider, which is kind of what Andrew, Adrian Wojnarowski wrote, which is the NBA and, a, and the Wizards, in a large part, encourage this crazy behavior from arenas. You know, they 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 kind of push along. There are a lot of stories coming out that the Wizards kind of didn't come down hard enough when all these other little silly things that he did, like he defecated in Andre Blatch's shoe. And he, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's funny too, but you know, there's all this other stuff that, you know, is coming out and, and the argument there is, well, they turned a blind eye to this for so long. And so they, they kind of made him into this, this figure. And now they're, as soon as they made him, now they're tearing him down for the same things that they, you know, made him into this figure. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that kind of, that kind
1: of dynamic. Well, I, you know, I think obviously once you have, you know, I, I, again this goes back to this whole we agree he should be suspended. You know, I, I, there there's something about doing something silly with a gun that certainly warrants um, a higher order yeah. of discipline than crapping in someone's shoe. Uh, that said, and, I, and you know, I think it's a testament to. Um, you remember there was this this classroom uh, wrote a thing a long time ago for the time, uh, for play. About Arenas, and he kind of said, "You know, Arenas is very, you know, Arenas totally understands where he fits in, and you know, yes, he's kind of eccentric, but he's not insane. He also understands how people perceive him, and he loves to play (laughs) with that. And I think in this case, you know, this was really where you saw. I mean, Arenas is, you know, he is. I mean, I feel like he's entered our test territory almost." with, the, you yeah. know, like there really is, like, no, like, this was that kind of, like, wait, there is no, no line with him, you know, like, you right. can't, it, it's, it's not, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to say, like, Gilbert Arenas is Ron Artest insane, it's just that, like, he really does just sort of, and especially the subsequent stuff, you know, with the Twitter and the, the pregame stuff, I mean, Arenas, I mean, and I, I love it, I think it's hilarious, but I mean, Arenas is just going to do what he wants, and, and so that's the thing. Is, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I really buy this, although the NBA encouraged him. You know, I think they encouraged, because I, I don't think anyone really imagined in their mind that Arenas was, because he seems so incredibly savvy at the same time as he was completely bizarre that I just don't think anyone really thought that something like this would happen. But, and, you,
3: know, we're, you know, at the we're, same time as, as uh, you know, the media or the NBA kind of, uh, use Gilbert Arenas in a sense, use his personality to boost him up, and now they're bringing him down. I mean, I think Gil also used the media. I mean, he is he is an attention whore pretty much, and so he likes he likes the attention, and you know the things he does that it made him who he is. But now it's like he still was seeking some attention with you know the Twitter and you know the doing the they could have done the finger gun dance in the locker room, I guess, to break the tension and but they did it on the court. And so, you know, now that kind of seeking of attention is bringing him down as well. Yeah, and I think it's, it's weird because I've been thinking a
1: lot about, um, about our test this year and how when, when the whole, I think I wrote about it somewhere, when the whole, like, oh, I, I used to drink before games or at halftime came out, people were, like, shocked. And I'm like, you've been saying this guy is crazy for years, you know? Right. Why are you so shocked? when he does something or tells you that he's done something, that seems ridiculous. You know, look at the way he behaves and look at how we like lap it up. You know, why are you surprised? Why are you that surprised when he crosses the line? And I think in Bill's case, at least for me though, I always thought there was that line there, you know, because our test just does not seem self-aware. I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not one of those people who think our test is like a moron. I think our test is actually like, you know, a, a very like sincere and thoughtful human being in his own way. But in his own way, I'd like to stress. But uh, Gil, yeah, Gil was so, it was so much about, like, the presentation and the attention that it, it just, it seemed like there was a, a degree of self consciousness there that, that had some sort of, you know, like a, you know, alarm that would go off if he was about to, you know, again, endanger his capacity to have everyone love him and get attention, um, which is essentially yeah. what he's done here. Um, I don't know why I brought up our test, except it almost seems like the two were sort of, you know, our, te- our test has sort of gone from being like this awful, terrifying menace to this just you know harmless, wacky guy. Whereas Arena seems to be going from this harmless, wacky guy to public enemy number one.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's funny when you put it that way. And I can say that I I think most of the wizards figured that Gil was aware of that line as well. I remember sitting in the locker room after the Orlando game with you know Kyle Nardella, with Mike Wise is there. Uh, David Aldridge is there, you know, there's Chris Nash the messiah, I believe was there, and you know, they're all asking Antoine Jameson, you know, there's been some people that have said that the Wizards enabled this, and I think one of the things Jameson said was, well, yeah, but we didn't enable guns. we enabled right. yeah far more stuff, so, you know, I I think that there's certainly ample sentiment among that, in the Wizards organization about that, you know, so, I also don't fully buy what is saying, but you know, it, it's a, should anyone really be – I mean, at the end of the day, should we really be surprised that Gil acted this way? Because I got the sense that this year, at least, from talking, and this is the first time I ever actually talked to him in person, that ability to understand the line was waning. It seemed like you know, he went through a lot of stuff this year with the Shack rumors, with coming back after two years, with his eight-game media silence until he just stopped. You know, with like the 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 whole weight of expectations, he just seemed different this year, Um, and not just on the court. I don't know if you got the same sense, Kyle.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Like like you said, this is the first time both you and I have been around him. But you know, just when you're around this guy, he's just happy-go-lucky. You know, just matter-of-fact guy, and it's like, and that's where I think a lot of us are are caught in this middle ground. Like like we talked about, like yeah, you you like that guy. You like him because he's he's an honest NBA player, and that doesn't happen, well, with much less any professional athlete, and now it's like, oh, he's, he's done something that we should look down upon, but you know, it, so it's so people are almost like, well, how can you still like Gilbert Arenas? I'm like, no, he's still the same guy, he just made yeah. a very bad decision.
2: Yeah, and to get this back to media coverage, it really intrigues me that it took, even days after the New York Post thing came out, and I, I, I want to say this, because I don't want to totally blame Peter Vesey or what's what's all what's happened? Because he's only a part of this. There are still a lot of columnists, a lot of people around Gilbert who jumped and started to judge him right away. You know, a lot of. And I'm not just talking to the general public. I'm talking media members. You know, a lot of columnists. I think there. You know, a lot of there are a couple of Washington Post columnists who wrote stuff about Gilbert that we hadn't heard from in forever.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, let's let's not pretend that you know publishing is a mess. Um, this was like a really sensational. Again, everyone had to jump on it at some point.
0: I guess you're, because, I guess
1: you're right. Yeah, because even because look, even even look, look it, You know, people could always say, "Well, I'm not writing about this because I think it's true. I'm writing about it because the perception of this being true is out there and it's having an effect." You know what I mean? Like you could always influence yeah. yourself by saying, "Like I'm, I'm not. I'm. I'm withholding judgment on the man himself." But. Um, there's definitely something weird going on because of what everyone else thinks and, you know, it's bad for the team. No, nah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there's, there's no defense for that. I just I, Did you like how I, like, tried to defend these people?
2: <laughs> well, but you yeah, know, what's funny was, is that that's how these stories work, though. So that I guess if you're looking for a defense, there's your defense. The days of waiting for facts to come out, and the 24-hour news cycle just, you know, it don't exist anymore. That's kind of how, how it well, is. Well,
1: well, right, yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, this is the, I, I got gotten like, a huge fight with my father because he reads the post, he reads, he reads the print post. So huh. he read, like, a, he read, um, I think he, like, read Wilbon's editorial or something or column about how the wizards need to be blown up, you know, right. like, whatever. And and he called me and was like, you know, like, full disclosure, you know, Gil wrote the forward to um, our first book, and, I've right. talked to him on the phone, and you know, talked to him in person. And he's, you know, I, again, and he's a player that you know means a lot to me. Even if you know, the last couple of years, I've sort of I've been a fair weather fan. But um, it, he I, and I sort of just like, like yelled at my father because I'm like, you know, this is the sort of story where people are going to put the most ridiculous thing out there and then correct it on the internet as it comes out. And if you're just reading the dailies, you're just getting what what people. Thought slash wanted to think was true um, first thing that day, and there are people like working their asses off to try and find out what 's actually the case yeah no one, no, one, no one actually you no know, one actually did did write a story about sort of uh, you can 't write a story of this that sort of says whether or not this is true it 's a bad thing because that's mm-hmm. that 's almost admitting that you may be totally irresponsible I mean you kind of have to right. go with the flow at some point and just you know, even if you're just sort of qualifying it down there, you know, whatever does eventually come out, you know, this Wizards team has clearly, you know, something, blah, blah, you know, because you, yeah, know, I mean, you can't, you can't just not say anything, and you can you know, you can't just not, if, if you know, again, I'm saying this as someone who's who's, you know, thinking like someone who you know works for a, a business or something. I mean, like something. Yeah, it's true. You, I mean, like, He'd again, like, that, that, was, that was what was so amazing about the fact that the actual Wizards guys were, you know, the actual like, people who covered the Wizards the best were putting so little out there because they were the right. the only people who were actually trying to get the facts before they said something. And the facts were yeah. sort to come out.
2: Uh, yeah, and Mike Wise, I remember, he waited until the day before that big story came out to write something about Gilbert that was, you know... I wouldn't say it was complimentary, but it was certainly arena centric. It was clear he had talked to some people near arenas and tried to get. It's not arenas' side. Do, do you know what column I'm talking about, Kyle? The one where yeah, the
3: one that kind of I, I think you mentioned his mom and stuff in that column. Is that that's the one you're talking about?
2: Yeah, how his mom abandoned him, and you know we have to understand the, where he's coming from. And then oh, by the way, the next day the full story comes out, which mm-hmm. is really it's really interesting to me. And a lot of people criticize. The Washington Post, the Michael for being scooped, but in the end of the day, they did their due diligence, and Mike Jones too doesn't even have a job was more right about this story than someone who did.
1: Yeah, he he definitely. We should also mention him for. I mean, (laughs) but I mean, why why, again? Like, why are we so surprised that it was those guys who got the story right? (laughs) You know, I mean, there are certainly cities where the NBA coverage is. Not the best coverage in the world. Washington D.C. is not one of those cities. I mean, there's like an embarrassment of riches when it comes to NBA writers there. So,
2: um, absolutely. I, having witnessed what they do firsthand, I can I can back that up. Mm-hmm. scares when talk about what stern stern's an ultimate decision and one thing i said at the time which i think still holds true is i was really frustrated that it seemed like stern punished the reaction rather than the action you know because i think if, if he punished the action i think there, he could have legitimately argued that he should have been suspended all the way up till the end of the season but instead he said okay we'll give him to process even though he had already broken the nba rule so there's always there was already grounds for him to do something right away, and then wait until finger
3: guns, and then finally made his
2: decision. And I, that seemed really unsettling to me.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean it's, it's you know oh, I can't ahead. blame Stern for kind of getting fed up after the finger guns dance um, and just saying, look, look, I don't want this happening on my court anymore. And and even it com it came out in a Mike Wise column today that uh, they had planned and even another kind of more high things <laughs> before the Cleveland game and it was going to be like Nick Young and Gilbert Arenas are going to go off on like 10 paces and have like a pretend uh, standoff. So, <laughs> I, cool. know, I can't blame Stern for that, but um and I, I don't want to defend finger guns. It, it was poor judgment, no question about it, but again, we're we're talking about that line or the middle ground and it's and it's tough to decide who defines that. I mean, I know when Arenas is talking about on Twitter, he's like, yeah, this is something to to break the tension, something fun. And with sports being different, you can understand that. You know, I mean, I I talked to some people who were at the game in Philadelphia, and they're like, yeah, Arenas looked kind of nervous before the game. Then uh, the finger gun dance happens, and he goes out and drops 14 assists, two turnovers, and and the Wizards win. Um, So I, I can't really call breaking tension in sports is something is I can't call it wrong. Yes, it's, I guess ultimately if I'm going to stick with the poor judgment thing, it is wrong to exercise poor judgment. Um, and so I, it just comes down to more common sense in which, you know, we, I guess we struggle with understanding why Gilbert doesn't have more common sense and to be more sensitive about, okay, pooping in somebody's shoe is one thing, but, you know, when it comes to things that, that kill other people, you have to be more sensitive about that.
1: Yeah, and this this also goes back to this thing that a couple of people have said to me, which is this whole idea of the media saying that the gun joke, not finger guns, the initial joke was obviously not funny. Um now yeah. now again, this is this is before there was the whole like Crittenden, you know, Chambering the round or whatever. I mean, which, even that. I mean, that, that's obviously a bad joke. Just because loading a gun is never a good joke. But that you know, Arena's putting a gun out and saying choose one, and Curtin is saying I'll shoot you in your bad. All right, I'll shoot you in your bad knee was actually before I guess it turned out, and I'll blow up your car was. that's actually I like that one, but you know, and I just thought that was weird. It's like who are you to say whether or not what, whether or not something is funny to NBA players? I mean, if we'd never yeah. heard about that that joke, like when did the reporters become the joke police, whatever, that bugged me, I know it's bugged some other people, and Finger Guns, like yes, Finger Guns was terrible, terrible public relations, but it was, I mean, I, I found it funny just for the sheer sort of audacity of it, and also the fact that it was, look at that photo, everyone is laughing in that photo, even Jameson's laughing. You know, James has sort of of become, and this is not intended. James has sort of become, the because this is, I think, the kind of guy he is, the sort of like, okay, I'm going to take it on me to be like, okay, everything's cool. Like, this is a terrible thing, and we're all taking it very seriously. But, you know, he's laughing at that photo. I mean, it's obvious that, like, everyone on the team was just, you know, why they're being fined for it, I guess. Everyone on the team, you know, felt that that made sense. And you're right, they probably should have done it in the locker room. But um, was it was it was it not funny? Would it not, would have been not funny in the locker room? You know, I mean, we're dealing with yeah. again this this matter of like who decides what's funny and based on what audience is seeing it. Um, and I don't know. Um, this is where I why I yeah. asked you how coherent you wanted me to be. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's so true. Fabricio Alberto is laughing in that picture. Yeah,
2: and, yeah. I'm, we met Fab <laughs> many times. He's a wonderful guy. I have not seen him giggle very much.
3: Yeah, and, and know? You know, it's just worth noting that uh, the four players who were fined were Randy Foy, Nick Young, uh, JaVale McGee, and Andre Blatt. And and people are like, well, why didn't you? Why didn't they find everyone? And from what I understand, just from my kind of here on the scuttlebutt, is that those. Or were kind of involved in a, a premeditated aspect of the finger gun dance, so that's why you don't see Roberto or Jameson getting fined for that. Yeah, I mean that's also
1: not to sound really ominous. That's also you know more sort of like the arenas, you know, like wacky faction of the team. Sort of. I mean, if you were to draw, if you were to, you you were to draw like it a that map, way, you know. I mean, especially. I mean, yeah, if you were to draw like sort of like a map of the of like the. You know, like a Venn diagram of like personality sphere in the Wizards locker room. Like, I mean, again, you guys know this far better than I do. But at least when I first when I hear those names and that's who got fined versus who didn't got fined, it's like, okay, they didn't find the stand up serious guys that they don't want to have yeah. be like tainted by Arenas. They find they found that they finded, find the guys that people <laughs> kind of associate with Arenas. Um, yeah. Can I try and say one more time that thing that I completely botched saying because I didn't even get to the point I was going to make because I got so tied up in what I was saying. Good. Um, shoot, what were we even talking Oh, the... The the, the funny uh, thing.
2: Like, who judges thing. what's funny?
1: Yeah, yeah. That that sort of bugged me because, you know, um, I feel like with, you know... Wait, what was the question you even asked me? It was like, was it about... Well, it's it? like... Oh.
2: It's oh like, yeah, okay, what? So Stern, Stern said
1: yeah, yeah. that he was...
2: Un- I guess we're going to move a little bit forward. Stern said that Gill was, quote, unfit to play. And I had a little bit of problem with that. For, uh, I had a problem with that phrasing because you have guys that are... You have a guy, and I don't want to... It's certainly not the same situation, so I don't want to kind of make it too much like the same situation, but you have a guy... That has bipolar disorder. That was carrying around shotguns in a guitar case on a motorcycle on the on the highway.
0: A three
1: wheeled
2: motorcycle. Well, maybe what, was was he in a motorcycle? I don't know. It was a three wheeled
1: motorcycle. A, yeah, the three wheeler thingy. Okay, so sorry, a
2: three wheeler. You have a you have a guy like that who is playing, and it's not like. Delante West should be suspended, and because I understand why he hasn't been suspended, but just to use those words "unfit to play" really kind of—I I guess it was—I guess it kind of perked my uh, my ears a little bit. Yeah, it,
1: it, I, I think what you know, I think what clearly happened is one. I think you know what's being lost in all this is, like you said, they could have suspended him from the beginning because it was not just sort of a, a gun thing that. Was they're gonna have to see how the legal side played out before they decided if it was bad or not? It was a violation of NBA workplace rules. He, I think, he almost did Gil a favor by saying, "I'll let you keep playing until all the facts are out." You know, he, it, you know, because it really did seem like he could have. Yeah, he could have suspended him straight out if he wanted to. But it seemed like it seemed like Stern actually, sort of, in a weird way, was like, "All right, let's just see." How this goes we'll wait till and see where the, how the how the story settles, and then i'll I'll do something and again though because this was all about you know stern is very much and this is what sort of bugged me about a lot of things with commissioners is suspensions are totally arbitrary in some ways they're based on what message you want to send other players and what message you want to send the public mm-hmm. and so you know and that's why you get like uh you know that's why you know Carmelo Anthony got suspended. What was it like, fifteen games or something for like the weakest punch ever? Whereas there's been <laughs> examples of like far more savage fights, you know, in history where people have gotten like one game. And I think with Gill again, you know, I think uh, Stern knew all the facts weren't out yet, and he, he was sort of content to wait until everything shook out, things sort of died down, and see where everyone stood with how angry or outraged they were about Arenas, and then make his move um and then of course though Gill made that impossible because what he basically did was he, he, you know he he again he wouldn't play Stern's game now again Stern i think was doing him a favor you know yeah it's like he's stuck in like Stern's crazy like power trip world but Stern Stern i think cut him some slack and he just you know
3: shit it all over it uh yeah and and Mike I don't want to speak for you but uh, just in terms of Delonte West I mean I, I don't have any problems with him still being on the court. I mean, Stern letting the legal process play out because Delonte, I mean, he, you know, he has a condition that's you know, evidently beyond his control, and, and, and he's flying kind of under the radar now. So I think, I guess what I'm trying to say, Mike, I, from what you're saying, you're, no one's criticizing Delonte West or trying to draw this direct comparison, but it's like from what you said, how is Stern to determine one guy's Unfit to play versus another guy versus you know a lot of other players in the NBA who who are going through some things. Yeah, it's, it's just the wording that bugged
0: me. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just but to think, say I unfit at, to play. I think though you've got to think of the. I mean, I, I see how when you especially it seems like a, a phrasing you'd use more for Delonte West than Gilbert Arenas. But I think you have to think of play as the key word, and it's, he's talking about more sort of like being an employee of the NBA. You know, he participates in our games. And he's basically saying, you know, Gil is not... I don't want him in my workplace right now. Uh, Not because he's, like, crazy, but because he's a bad employee. And, you know, West... And again, again, you know, Delonte West did not ride his three-wheeler into an NBA arena. Um, That's an ongoing criminal matter that Stern really... really, Stern has no authority... or, Or let's put it this way. Stern always wants to see rightly how those things end up because he does not want to suspend someone for something that ends up being nothing he also doesn't want to suspend someone for two games and then have them end up go to jail for five years because that looks bad so i just i mean yeah. And, and yeah, and i think i think also the you can't underestimate the middle Ill. i mean it's, you know there were a lot of dumb people on the internet who tried to act like delante west you know you know uh, that wasn't an excuse you know they, you know, you can could, you could blame anything on people being crazy, but you know everyone knows. Like Dante West has been very public about this for the last few years, and, and I think people. Right. It, it, would, it would look it would look awful for Stern to say, <laughs> to, you know, okay, uh, on top of it, I'm gonna you know push you out of the league indefinitely. You know, if West did something crazy during a game or something, that's another thing. But it would just be you know saying it's almost it would almost be like in, in violation of some sort of. Uh, Again, I'm, I'm looking at this as, as like a workplace thing, some sort of like workplace anti-discrimination thing. If Stern were to say, sort of uh, preventively, uh, Delonte West, you're crazy. I don't want you in my games. <laughs> you know, whereas Gill, he, he he's saying, you are not. You know, you work for me in some capacity, and I don't. You're messing up my. You're messing up my product.
0: got your diamonds, and you've got your pretty clothes, and the chauffeur drives your car, you let everybody know, but don't play with me, cause you're playing with fire. i
3: going just say, uh, you know, Greg Doyle, of you know, of all people came out with a column that was pretty decent kind of not really defending arenas but you know kind of attacking uh, well he attacked capacity pretty hard, but attacking this the talk of a lifetime ban, which i guess it's it 's implied by stern 's words of uh, i guess was it sus, sus, uh, substantial or or perhaps worse you know and then Doyle goes on to mention hotel fair bringing like loaded guns on an airplane, which he says is you know, just as bad as a school, or you know Chris Mills and his you know was suspended for two games, or Steven Jackson shooting guns in the air you know, for, for seven games, and then Chris Mills and uh, his ordeal with Bonsai Wells, and that was, that was three games. And I know everyone's like, oh, well, this didn't happen on NBA property, but if you're just going to look at some of these actions, they yeah. are, they're much worse than just playing a joke with unloaded guns and it's like you know uh, now we're the reasonable people i guess perhaps is us in my opinion i I know uh shoals you talked about perhaps a 20 game suspension sounds reasonable before we got on the podcast and that's that's uh, about the timeline that i've been kind of saying too but now it's like oh we're talking about the rest of the season a a lifetime ban and it's just i think i i don't just like the the stories become overboard with the media coverage it's the reaction—it's also overboard, in my opinion. And, and again, I'm not saying that arenas should not be suspended, or I'm not even saying he should be playing right now. But it just, it, it's just—it's just very weird territory to get in, at least in comparison to things that have happened in the past and how how Stern has treated them. This is where we get into this really murky area of
2: right versus wrong. Like you know, it just now we have all these confusing terms out there because. It is well, like you said, it's well within David Stern's rights to just suspend Arenas indefinitely. Like, he's allowed to. You know, if he thinks that that's the right course of action. But, you know, is that still making it the right thing to do? Is that the, and so I? it's just so, and I think this goes back to what you were talking about earlier, which is, that's part of the authority that Stern has, is to decide when he sends messages and when he doesn't. And I personally think this was the right time to send a message. But what I guess what frustrates me is that I would have liked to have seen, and this is where I sort of disagree with you, Scholes, I would like to have seen him say, okay, we're going to suspend him indefinitely right away because he already admitted to breaking a rule. And then then so it makes it seem like... It's the action that gets punished rather than... And I think, it, again, it, is it wrong for someone to be suspended for what they do act for not showing remorse? I mean, no, it's not wrong. That's kind of how it is. But it's just... It, this terminology gets really murky, I think. And, it, makes, and I it, think, it kind of makes it tough, you know, to
1: to talk about it in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I think you're right. The smart move would have just been to just go ahead and as, as soon as Stern knew that, go ahead and, and, you know, stash Arenas away. I just think... Um, and as far as the, or worse thing, I think it's ridiculous to think he's going to get a lifetime ban for this. I mean, unless, you know, yeah. it would have to be even worse than Vesey's version to warrant that. I think, you know, again, we all know a little bit of David Stern's personality, and he is definitely someone who does not like being crossed, and I think he feels like arenas basically disrespected him. So he just sort of threw that on there, because it became, it became personal for him when he went out of his way, to sort of give Arenas a little bit of, of leeway, and then Arenas went through it back in his face, and then that's when Stern just turns into, like, you know, yeah. then it's not even like I'm the rational commissioner, it's like I'm, you know, I'm the hammer. We all know that, that Stern does not like being messed with. And yeah, Arenas, and,
0: that,
2: and I guess I find that unsettling. I should have been, I'm not surprised, it's not wrong, it's just, you know, a little unsettling. That, yeah, that, but,
1: but the thing is, like, why? Why doesn't like we know this about David Stern? Why doesn't Gil know this about David Stern?
2: That's true too. That's a good you know,
1: point. As well. And and that's and that's that's the thing. It's like there are so many. It's like Gil could have just. There's so many ways he could have handled this that wouldn't have gotten him suspended indefinitely. You know, once once Stern made the decision to let it to to let it play out first. It's just he just yeah. you know, it's, he. He just went completely over the top in the wrong direction, and in, in terms again Never. wrong being in terms of like pissing off Stern, um, yeah. And, and yeah, and I, I, I guess you're right. It, it's and I think I mean yeah I mean it's I I don't know it's it's you know you know maybe 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 that's Stern's you know maybe that's Stern's fault for not just doing that right off the bat. But well, you I mean, know, it's I, think, I think. Say, Wait, sorry. The reaction thing, though, I think you can't really separate the two because, again, think about it as like a a, a boss worker thing. You know, Stern, uh, Stern said, "I'm extending you a courtesy as your boss," and Arenas basically said, "F you," and it's you know the reaction. It, it, we're not we're not really I mean we're not really talking at this point. We're you know. Was, as soon as he didn't suspend him immediately, we're talking about basically Arenas, again, as employee, as person who has a relationship with Stern, and then it's Stern's judgment of how much Arenas is respecting the league and his relationship with him. Uh-huh. It's not a question okay. of like moral rights and wrongs at all. It's a, it's a question of, again, what's good for the brand?
3: You know, how do I feel about this as a boss?
1: Uh-huh.
0: And
3: What I was going to say is that, uh, you know, it's funny. I think Arenas understood... Uh, to take Stern seriously, but we get back to that whole, you know, the phrase people like to use a lot these days is this Gilbert being Gilbert, and he can't help him help himself." Um, after the Spurs game, um, before uh, before Arenas, before Finger Guns in Philadelphia, um, Arena's someone in the locker room him, you know, who are you more afraid of, like uh, the the investigators and the the police, or David Stern? And and Arena's kind of like, "Well, David Stern's a pretty mean man, you know. I'm more afraid of him." But then he goes out and, and does his finger guns. It's kind of like, well, why are you doing this in the face of the guy you're you're almost afraid of more than the police? So it, it, and it's because he can't help himself. He doesn't know how to keep himself in check.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's and not it was, the, the it's not the media savvy Gilbert that we thought we knew.
3: And it's it's
1: and it, uh, there was something very weird to me about this idea that he's. I don't know, like who he may or may not have lied to and about what. I mean, it just doesn't. It, it, there's you're almost dealing with basically again. I feel so bad. Because I feel like I'm like you know saying awful things about arenas, but he just does not seem to have dealt with this in any sort of rational way.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, well, it's,
1: yeah. It's kind of mean, and work, he even
3: tried to. Uh, he even. I mean, it's the funny aspect of the story is that I guess they all knew that you know Javaris Crandon had his own gun is kind of the untouched upon aspect of the story. And so, you know, they, it's almost as if they knew that him having his own gun and loading it made it much worse than laying four guns on a chair, like, Arenas laying four guns on a chair, because they all tried to cover it up. I mean, I think Ernie Grunfeld wasn't even aware of that fact at first of the of Crittenden loading his gun and having it on his own. So Arenas is even trying to cover for, for this kid who, you know, who may a very, very bad decision himself. No, a terrible decision, in yeah. my opinion. And I, you know, you know I, I don't know. It's I mean, true. It's does, true.
1: Does that, does that, but the thing is, like, does that make arenas more or less sympathetic? I don't know. You know so I, I don't know how people... Yeah, it's a stuff, But, you know, but he, you know, here he is, like, covering up something awful. You know, I mean, some people might yeah. be like... You know, it, it makes him at once, like, complicit, but also sort of minimizes his actual gun offense. It's like, you no, know, this is a really bad gun... I, yeah.
0: Here I stand Head in hand Turn my face to the wall If she's gone I can't go on Feeling too foot small Everywhere People stand Each and every day can see them laugh at me and I hear them say Hey, you've got to hide your love away Hey, you've got to hide your love away
3: uh, I want to talk about Covering up other things, which is what the Wizards have done in in removing the arena's yeah. billboard from outside the Verizon Center, taking his jerseys down, um, kind of removing his image from the website. And he, you know, he's not totally removed from the Verizon Center. His his picture is still hanging in the media lounge. He he has several pictures in his photo collage right outside the locker room. Um, and I'm curious, is that you know, Scholes, You may not have an as understanding of. Poland as, as, Mike and I do. Um, you know, but I almost think he would have reacted differently. Like, you know, make no, no mistake, uh, Poland would have accepted uh, and agreed with stern suspension and he would have called finger guns unacceptable. But this is also a guy who, who is very loyal. People say almost to a fault. So I'm thinking, you know, he would have stood behind arenas more, but now we're in a, we're in a, you know, crossroads with ownership of this franchise, and Ernie Grunfeld's at a crossroads with his job, and I guess as the the column of Mike Wise and Michael Lee shed light on this morning is that uh, Grunfeld kind of latched himself onto Arenas um, and kind of looked past, you know, whether it be pranks, whether it be conflicts with Eddie Jordan, and he, you know, he kind of sided with Arenas over Jordan, and, you know, it, it just, and he's, kind of acted rashly and I don't know if it's ultimately Grunfeld's decision to do all this but you know I think he's it's something he it's understandable since his job is on the line but you know just like the guns in the locker room isn't the A. Poland way I don't necessarily think that banishing Arenas' images either I, you know I think A. Poland would have given him a chance to, to like would have kind of implored him to apologize or make amends and he would have he would have stood stood behind them, and I guess, Mike, I'm curious to hear what, how you think Mr. Poland would have reacted if he were if he were still around.
2: I love two minds on this because, on the one hand, we're it's very clear what a Poland thinks of gun violence, and you know that's this is about gun guns, so a point, yeah. and that's probably been really, really angry. I mean, he has banished people from his organization over lesser things. He banished, basically banished Michael Jordan for being a dick. <laughs> think about it. I mean, that's not mince words here. That's kind of what happened. Um, he banished Chris Webber for smoking too much you know, and getting in too much trouble. I, this is certainly worse than that. But again, on the other hand, Gil and Abe were very, they're very loyal. Abe was very loyal to Gil. When he signed Gil, Gil was, I believe, coming off a weapons misdemeanor charge, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so unregistered. Right, and I, I believe these were unregistered too, because apparently in Virginia you don't have to register guns, which I think is pretty ridiculous. But that's
1: uh, that's it, that's one of the details that I, for some reason, have just had a lot of trouble actually figuring out what the case was because I thought it was yeah I thought they were licensed somewhere, just not. But I guess a place where you don't have to register guns, having them un, having non registered guns is sort of like having them licensed somewhere. But yeah,
2: yeah. So the. So, but and on the other hand, you know, because he's so loyal to Gil, I think he probably things probably would have been di- handled differently. And now we have this picture of Ernie Grunfeld as like the guy, the opportunistic guy who's been fired from two jobs and wanted to have job security, tethering his kind of legacy to Gilbert, riding Gilbert as hard, high up in the organization as he could. And I'm not saying this is certainly not saying it's true. It's just the image that we have of him right now. And then finally, now when he has a chance to kind of get out of that, you know, contract that they signed with him, he's trying as hard as he can to. Make it happen, and yeah, I guess that does seem a little unsettling So, does it make sense to get rid of all this stuff of his? I, I don't know. I mean, what, as an outsider, I'm curious what you think about this.
1: Well, I, I just, you know, it, it just sort of it comes down again to the, the whole: how bad is this whole thing? You know, what audience is actually upset about it, and for what reasons? You know, and I mean, I, I think again, like it it makes me kind of sad to think that Gill is sort of being, what What do they call it in Soviet Russia where they take people out of the, they took a lot of the photos. There's that book that Commissar disappears. It just shows like yeah. photos. Of, I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, he's still, he's still the franchise player. He's not dead. Um, he's not in jail. <laughs> he, he, I mean, it's, and it's, you know, it's not like, it's not, it's not like, look, I mean, it's 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 also just just the epitome of um you know say say everything say they can't re- get rid of Arenas they can't void his contract and he doesn't go to jail i mean is this really going to sit well with with Gil down the road if he ends up being oh. in a void? i mean this this is just terrible and it just it's just also i'm not saying the teams need to be loyal to their players at any cost but you know, there has to be some sort of... They could have done it at least, like, a little more subtly, or, um, you know, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know exactly what they've changed it to, or, I mean, I don't know, there, there just seems to, because, look, the story that's making, the, the, that's coming out nationally is Gil being purged from, you know, from the, you know, Verizon Center. Like, that's, it's it's not, it's not, it, you're getting no sense that there's, it's being done with any sort of tact whatsoever. As if, like, yeah there's there's an attempt being made to say to it's as it, if it's not just like oh you know for p r reasons we should tone down our use of Gilbert as an advertising <laughs> right. It's really like the message they want to send is, Hey, look, look at us, no more pictures of this guy, like don't worry, we're disassociating ourselves from him and that's, <laughs> it's that's that's not a but, i mean I, I again, I guess maybe some people will be like, well thank God they're washing their hands of that guy, but that could come back to to haunt them and it it might not necessarily and you know people have said to me, no one 's really going to care about this at all in a, c- a couple of months, and I think to some degree yeah. that's true, um, mm. I, not, not to speculate too much, but I, I just i don't imagine arenas is going to serve any jail time during the regular season. I mean, just just given, yeah. the, the, given the kinds of, of weapons charges that people have gotten off for, if people are comparing this to Plaxico Burris. He shot himself. He had a loaded gun. Yeah, in in a nightclub. I mean, that's, (laughs) yeah, I I think, you know, like, worst case scenario, maybe because of the prior offense, you know, Gil has to do some time over the summer or something. But, again, he would not be the first professional athlete to have done a little bit of time over the summer and those people were not, you know, in some cases they were traded, but in other cases they weren't. And it's, it's, just, it's just, you know, it's, it's very, not to try and coin a phrase here, but there's something very sort of vessy-ish about it.
0: It's like a yeah. like
1: leap, to, leap to the worst possible extreme with sort of no thought of the consequences and no sense that there might be something down the road that changes. Because, look, the damage is, the damage is done. You know, he they yeah. can't they can't they can't they can't have a day where they put his picture back up everywhere and say sorry, Gill. Um, yeah, and,
3: and I almost find it. And I don't know. I don't know how it went down, but I almost find it suspiciously convenient that the that the local NBC station was able to get. Video of them taking down the banner. So it and it was done like during day, was it? So it's like okay, well, you know, were they aware that this is going down? It's like okay, come come see this symbolic thing of uh, you know Gilbert Arenas' banner coming down. I don't, you know, like I said, I don't know how it went down, but you know, just thinking about it now, it's that's kind of convenient. Yeah, that was one of the most surreal things I've ever seen. That video,
2: just watching it come down. What about the argument though that? Get, the Wizards gave him an hundred and eleven million dollar contract, and he repays them by doing this That's kind of the counteract to this is that he if anyone deserves this with all the amount of money
1: they gave him, it would be him I'm, does that does that hold water at all to you guys i I mean that's like the whole like athletes are are paid so much they should do i mean look. But at the same time, like who's responsible more than anyone else for turning the Wizards into a real basketball team over the last, you know, like this was like a crappy team, and Gilbert Arenas not only made them like a playoff team, he made them like a team that people around the country paid attention to. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, and, know, I we, actually... it, it, it just I mean, you know, we could, we could, we could, you know, I mean, it's, he's the fran- he's not just the franchise or, or whatever it's arguably is now. I mean. But you know he's this is like this is someone who basically helped you know on the court salvage the team, and I think yeah. But the contract may have been a bad idea, but giving someone a bad contract doesn't place a higher moral responsibility on them than if they'd maybe offered him a more prudent deal, given where he was in his recovery at that point. Um, yeah. I mean that's the thing is you almost need an asterisk by the 111 million. Look, it's not Gill's fault that people were willing to give him that money when he basically <laughs> wasn't even capable of taking the court. Well, you know, they gave him for- more.
2: He he took back. Remember, he took back 16 million.
0: Oh right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, and but it, they gave him even,
2: really even more money. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, and that's and that's the thing. It's like, are you really gonna? It's. It, I mean, and, 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 you know, you could also make the argument, too, that, you know, they, they should have, you know, someone in the organization probably should have known they were taking a chance, not just on this injury, you know, guy with injury issues, but also on someone who may have done something like this, you know, something kind of crazy, you know, it's like yeah. you, you, you dance with the devil that brought you or something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It,
2: it just seems so convenient, and again, I, I want to, going back to the right or wrong thing, I don't know if this is right or wrong for the Wizards to do this, because, but it certainly seems very convenient that this is a team that is certainly underachieving and needs to be told in order to move on. And, oh, hey, look, this happens. maybe we can void his contract. Let's make him look bad. And it certainly yeah. seems kind of convenient. I don't know. If, I, I can't say it's wrong because, you know, it, it just depends on your definition of right or wrong, but it certainly seems very convenient, you know. To just you know, they, you wonder what if they were twenty one and ten. I'm sure that things would be different instead yeah, of same with, they are same with,
1: now. The, same with the Monte Ellis thing from last year. Um, mm-hmm. With yeah, there, there's, a, a, there's, a there's another player who got a big contract and the team decided they didn't like the contract and you know started trying to figure out. What, you know, it's it's like everyone's fine with athletes and whatever they do as long as they're winning and that's, that's not. So that's why I find this whole—it's like it's only when athletes aren't winning that we expect things of them morally. I mean, that's that's just bottom line—the way it is. Everyone loves everyone on their team as long as they're winning. Um, Yeah, and I, I think that's a good way
0: to sum this up.
3: You know, I want to touch on one thing that that uh, you wrote about on the baseline shows, and um, it's this athletes being equated with politicians versus the, the actors and the behavior of actors, musicians, and other entertainers. And it was funny, like, before this whole thing went down, um, I was in the locker room after, after one game, and um, Michael Wilbon, like Michael Lee, and I was kind of around listening to this conversation. at you know, Gil talking about Tiger Woods, and he made the he kind of made the comparison himself. Like, yeah, like how you know what we let you know rappers and whoever get away with what they want, but when it comes to to players, and it, I guess this is in reference to Tiger Woods, uh, but when it comes to these athletes, I mean, they're they're supposed to be role models, like like politicians, I guess. And it's and you mentioned that. At the end of one of, your, one of your recent posts about arenas, and I'm, I'm curious what what does this say about our society? You know, I mean, in, not to get into these great analytical things about about life, but you know, why are why are athletes on the same level as politicians when it comes running a foul of of judgment? I, I think sports just really, really means a lot to a lot of people, and they
1: take it way too seriously, and they don't, you know, they invest way too much, sort of emotional and social and cultural energy in it. Uh, yeah. I mean, that That's the only possible answer I have for it. Um, yeah, it doesn't... And again, you know, the Tiger-Gill thing does not hold up perfectly because, you know, what Gill did was actually grossly irresponsible. What Tiger did was just kind of douchey. Um, <laughs> but kind of douchey, really douchey, but it's it's just... I don't know, and and it just, it just, and also too, it's just so bizarre, like, it's Washington, D.C., I mean, like, you know, take a look at the newspaper, like, half the Senate is like, you know, well, we know which half, but it's not even half, whatever, you know, the well, 30-some is like, you know, dirty as all hell, and, you know, cheating on their wives left and right, and like, in bed with like weird, you know, like, homophobic ugandan preachers and like living in like cult fraternities you know it's there's just so much like weird like unseemly stuff going on in the actual government all the time and yet because Arena is popular people pay attention to him you know his uh his bad judgment about bringing a firearm to the verizon center is it makes him the worst person ever i mean yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, people look. People don't pay attention to anything other than sports, and that's kind of what it boils down to. And I don't understand why. Uh, why it is that like you know, rappers just go to jail all the time, and it doesn't even matter. Maybe people expect that of them, and they don't expect it of athletes. But what, I mean, people always talk about how athletes are all thugs. So why is everyone? You know, why are people surprised then? It could have, yeah. in
2: part, be I mean, we're we're getting pretty close to an hour, so. But just one final thought. Could it in part be because these athletes' salaries are public? You know, we know how much they make. And this goes back to if you make a lot of money, you, there's more responsibility to you.
3: Well, we know how much actors make for certain movies, yet, you know, when they That's sleep true, around and get DUIs and whatever, it's kind of like, ah, oh, they're just being bad actors. You know, it's, it doesn't matter. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I mean, think you got no, like, yeah. There's no, like,
2: there's no, like, sham sports for actors. Or is there? I don't know. I haven't seen one
1: I mean, I feel yeah. like you kind of, though, there, I mean, look, there's a race element to, to it as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of, it's, look, I find it a little bizarre that a country that's as racist as this country is complains that athletes aren't role models because I guarantee you that a lot of people saying those, the same you know, saying stuff about how Gil's a terrible person and should be burned at the stake, the last thing they want is for their children to, like, look up to an African-American in any way. But it's... It, I don't know. I mean, now, I'm sorry to just, like, throw that out there as if it's, like, something we could just, like, bring up and then put down. But I think that's the – that that has to be the explanation. You know, it's it's a lot harder to be, you know, black and wealthy into in the public eye than it is. Because, look, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think I it's just, really much more fair
2: than that. It's kind of true. You know, we can't really avoid that issue.
1: And, you know, Gil, 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 I think, and Tiger have another thing in common, which is that, you know, I wrote this somewhere. If Gil were actually someone, and this sort of ties back to, like, rappers, just like, if Gil were actually someone who people thought of as a thug, this would be easier to explain away and just sort of, like, laugh off, not laugh off, but deal with. But, you know, he's the funny guy. uh, uh, David Steele wrote this great thing for for Fan House that was basically just, I mean, it, you know, it's stuff we all know, but it was just this long thing about, like, this is, like, we've totally lost sight of who Gilbert Arenas is. Like, look at all these things he's done and how good he's been for the league and how much everyone's loved him and, you know, how much yeah. he's made us laugh. And, you know, it was just, like, this exhaustive sort of, like, chronicle of, like, you know, Gil and all the things he's done that were, like, not in character with this or, you know, yeah. essentially not in character and I, I think that's, th- that's the thing with Tiger. It's like Tiger, you know, is like squeaky clean, you know, nice guy. So, in a way, it's almost worse if you look – it's almost worse if people expect you to not do something like this than if you, you do. And let me just say this. I'll even this – you know, I'll, I'll connect the, you know, John Ensign with, like, Little Wayne or whatever. But, you know, people expect uh, people in government to be corrupt and cheat on their spouses and, you know – bribes from lobbyists and stuff and people expect rappers to like have guns and go to jail and for some weird reason despite the fact that everyone claimed they're always expecting um basketball players to to act like thugs but they actually do act like thugs it's somehow you know it's the worst thing in the world and no one saw it coming and it's proof that they should destroy the nba there's, there's just so much noise around it and i just brought all of it in i'm sorry
2: for that <laughs> no no the, the the noise is all there i mean it's all there in the periphery um but yeah uh anyway i mean i i think we pretty much covered about every angle of this story that we could you know and it's certainly going to be a big part of the washington basketball psyche for a long long time i think we can all agree on that
3: yep definitely I, well go ahead can i just all have the right. last word
2: because i'm the guest it's really short. No, like no, words. you're not allowed to say the last
1: word. <laughs> yeah, Ever. I, I think what would be, I think what's sort of weird and almost in some ways tragic about this is that it will be a part of the Washington basketball psyche no matter what the final outcome is. You know, yeah. even even if, that's what I was saying about the, the taking down things in such a conspicuous way. I mean, even if this all somehow gets resolved and goes away and, you know, it, it's whatever. I mean, this is still going to linger. People are still going to be angry you know, at other people because of it. You know, some people are never going to forget that first Vesey story. I mean, it's just—it's just—it is bad all around, and yeah, it's—it's going
3: to—it's uh, going to leave a mark. Well, right. especially since Gilbert Gilbert's guns have apparently taken away any hope of our bullets in the future. You know, that is. You know, a lot of fans would like to see the old team colors, the old team name. And, you know, we had maybe hope that, that a new owner would do that. And now it's like, how can you ever possibly go back to the Bullets? So that's, you know, that's one thing that's gonna, that may be on the, the Washington basketball psyche. I was worried that I was going to have to change our site, the site name. Yeah. Bolts forever,
0: <laughs> part of me, nah. Cause like
2: because like our magic blog had to change their site name because you know they just changed their site name. Hey, I'm gonna be bolts forever and for however long even through all
1: don't make me make, make a really bad joke about uh well, if there hadn't actually ever been a loaded gun, you would have been fine, but all
2: right <laughs> <laughs> hey, well anyway uh, it was it was a real pleasure to talk to you about this. thanks so much for coming on and. Wish you luck in wherever you're going. I know you're you're not with the baseline, you're not with Sporting News anymore. But wish you luck wherever you end up. Um, and I understand you have a book coming out soon, uh, correct? Yeah, the book due soon.
1: It won't actually be coming out until next fall. But, ah, <laughs>
2: uh-huh. okay.
1: It's a if you were to break into my house and look on my hard drive right now, you could see a lot of the book now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might yeah, already do that. Thanks a lot. Yeah, definitely for coming on. I mean, I think most both Mike and I are big fans of your work. I mean, I know I listen to the podcast as well on the regular so no, we really appreciate you taking time to, to talk to Arenas about this, because, you know, honestly, as you know, as close as we are to the team, you've been involved with Arenas yourself through the you know, through your book in the past, so yeah, thanks a lot. No, this has been great. I it's I think it's you know, this is I think this is
1: personal for a lot of us, you know, not just for mm-hmm. fans, but it just makes it a really, really tricky situation to try and look at objectively
2: absolutely. yeah absolutely uh, alright so that does it for this week's edition of the Dagger Report, uh, we'll see you in the near future, I can't say next week because we've been pretty off track but we'll see you soon, take care everyone man,
0: keep My man Chris Weather
1: Dumps in your face And you're the the shots that I've sent Check it, Washington's in the house Represent, represent Tim the man, you